0: This is the Umbrella Academy podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're discussing the finale of Umbrella Academy Season 2, Episode 10, the end of something.
1: Look, I'm sorry, but you should get out because I know. Oh, to. no, I'm coming with. Can't let you face the unknown alone, right? Got room for two more? What about the commission?
2: Well, I might as well do some good before we die horribly. Woo!
1: Five, you, you don't
2: have to. You, I you know. He once says, one,
1: Children ride in the back. Oh,
2: oh Christ. <sighs> Guys, I don't know what to say. Anyone makes
0: a fat joke and I'm out of here. Welcome back, fellow Academy alumni. This is Derek, one of your hosts of the Umbrella Academy podcast on TV Podcast Industries for our finale podcast of Umbrella Academy Season 2 The End of Something.
1: Hello, the Broly Dollies. Yes, I am one of your other hosts, John. Welcome back mm-hmm. for this finale.
2: And rounding out this trio of crazy crazy special powered individuals i am chris
0: we do all have special powers don't we in case you haven't seen our posters (laughs) that we did for our umbrella academy coverage um i'm super editor i'm super list maker apparently is. he is ask for ask for one item and you get 12
1: i should have just been called mr bullet point (laughs) (laughs) oh i like that and chris
0: is super mimic
2: Sure to be golly, to be sure, you know that's how it is, boy. That,
0: that's Chris's Scottish accent for our regular listeners. Okay, <laughs> mimics are supposed to replicate yep. what they do, what they see, or hear, or well, whatever. Always ready to attempt to replicate. That's our Chris.
2: attempt being the operative word so thank you
0: once again to all of you for joining us throughout another season of another show on Netflix Uh, been really good fun uh, hearing your thoughts and really good fun chatting about this show it's been a really good season this season I will say right at the start of this episode I think this is like 10 times better than the first season Uh, right off the bat I don't think there was any any drops. And I think it was setting up a great season and moving much better. And all the characters were so much better, but probably because they had the basis of the first season for me. Uh, That's probably where I sit right now. How about you guys uh, overall, before we get into the individual episode?
2: hundred percent love this. Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you in that the pacing was spot on there. I very rarely went, why are you doing that? (laughs) Now, did I disagree with the character motivations or actions? Mm -hmm. Yes. But that's okay, because I'm allowed to disagree, <laughs> because they're telling me a story. I'm not the writer. The um But, to be fair, before we, and I'm going to spoiler what I'm going to talk about later, they actually flipped it on me again, mm-hmm. and showed me, no, 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 there is character growth, and that is the core bit about this whole season, one of the reasons I love it they showed so much growth in the characters as you said they set up the se- they set up the characters in season 1 and set up a lot of the motivations and then they played with that and they already had this basis already
0: yeah yeah absolutely john
1: yeah absolutely loved it um i mean what all of them were 4 plus uh, in my rating system my mm-hmm. weird wonderful crazy rating system <laughs> so yeah i i just really yeah it just had momentum from episode 1 onwards and i think it It really gave a new kind of just different perspective on The Seven. Uh, And I I, I liked how it all just played out. I I liked the new characters. I liked that, you know, good old Herb uh, managed to make it to acting head of uh, the commission. You know, who'd have thought it? The little guy can do it. Mm. Um, Loved it all. Um, So, yeah, really pleased with this season, too. That's not said in, like, season one, either. Like, mm-hmm. I just think it's It's a different um, kind of pace
0: and feel to yeah. it, I think. It's a step up, definitely, definitely. And we also want to say a huge thank you to all of our supporters over on Patreon who've been supporting us all the way throughout the year, and they've been getting the episodes of Umbrella Academy uh, season two early over there. Uh, particularly thank you to our brand new patrons, uh, Laura and Lisa, who joined us this month during our Umbrella Academy co- coverage. I uh, hope you're enjoying it. Thanks so much for supporting us.
1: Yeah, welcome on board, Laura and Lisa. Uh, Thanks so much for your patronage. Uh, It's really good to have you on board. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, big thanks to all the patrons uh, for their support. Uh, It's really good to, uh, to get that for sure. Thank you.
2: Yes. Thank you so much, guys. Um, I have been fighting our producer to allow an extra Patreon tier goal where I will personally cameo serenade you. Um, <laughs> oh the, God. the theme song of Umbrella Academy singing in the rain in my own. Scottish take but unfortunately <laughs> they said no one wanted it so yeah. yeah um no that was up
0: there for six months chris and nobody took you yeah. up on it no, joking what can i Hasn't say there at all. but if you do want to support us you can go over to uh, patreon.com slash tv podcast industry support us over there uh, with the boys which is the next show that we'll be covering uh, as it's coming out weekly we won't be releasing the episodes on patreon early they'll be released in our main feed uh each week as we record them and put them out so um uh, but then we, we will be offering some other uh fun stuff over on patreon in the future yes uh, uh, the rest of the year
1: there will be a video of chris singing uh it's raining men or (laughs) singing (laughs) or or singing in the rain i should say that's definitely uh as an homage to umbrella academy
2: (laughs) my god what's the boys homage like the village people ymca
0: maybe why not
2: maybe no it'll be spice girls
0: spice girls yeah, spice up your life chris yeah get ready to learn those uh, lyrics
2: there's only six of them yes.
1: get your little pom-poms on and your leg warmers and get ready to video yourself chris
2: hey 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 pigtails chris spice. if anyone in this is posh spice i'm posh spice uh, i think
0: the <laughs> oxford graduates might give you a run for your money on posh spice there John. No,
2: chris, even uh, <laughs> well if if anything I... he's ginger or sporty <laughs> He's a bit too urban. I'm
0: not ginger, that is for sure. I think what COVID's taught us is none of us is sporty spice. That's all I'll
2: say. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we are jumping. Stay at home spice. Exactly. I'm
1: Lord
0: Spice. (laughs) Well, we are jumping way too far ahead into our boys' discussion. We've still got this episode of the wonderful episode of the finale of Umbrella Academy season two. And we will have one more episode after this, which is our final feedback episode and the announcement of our pub quiz winner uh, for the Umbrella Academy goodies. Uh, So if you have any thoughts on the series of uh, Umbrella Academy season two, pop them into us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And we'll do our big wrap up episode and our goodie giveaway uh, on the next one.
1: Yes. And you can also join us over on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. And of course uh, you can subscribe to our feed over on TV podcast industries uh, dot com And remember, supporting the podcast, uh, sharing, liking, reviewing, rating uh, is also sharing the love. So <laughs> please share the podcast and support in any which way uh, you can. That would be fabulous, fellow Broly Dollies. Absolutely. And boys and girls to be.
2: Academy alumni.
1: And... Academicals, and Academy alumni. <laughs>
2: right, I think we've
0: done enough uh, vamping at the beginning.
1: Thundercats.
2: Oh! Uh,
0: <laughs> we are not covering Thundercats. We have definitely done enough vamping. Let's get into our discussion about Season 2, episode 10, The End of Something. This episode was directed by Jeremy Webb. Uh, he directed episodes 8 and 9 of Umbrella Academy Season 1. British director, we've talked about him before when we covered uh, his episodes of The Punisher. Uh, um, he also uh, did some work on Legion and stunningly as a British director he won a primetime Emmy nomination for Downton Abbey Ugh.
2: Please, sir, more. I'm just a scullery maid. <laughs> you must, yes, you are. You must have gone to the cinema to see that movie, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, he the cinema. I know. Jeremy, what? it
1: was going all
0: so well until Downton Abbey. Well, that was quite a long time ago, and I did put it in that that in there because I knew you'd, you'd find it fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, he also directed episodes of Doctor Who and Grange Hill,
1: Yay. just for your enjoyment, John. Oh, Grange Hill. There you go. Just say no, there's another track you
0: could cover, Chris. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) The teleplay for this episode was by Steve Blackman, the wonderful showrunner of uh, Umbrella Academy uh, wrote the first episode and the last episode. As we mentioned number of times, uh, this uh, show does have a writers' room, so uh, each of the writers have been involved in all of the episodes. I uh, just want to call out as we get to the end of the season, there were also story editors on the show, uh, Lindsay Galfin and Alison Weintrup, uh also staff writer Aaron Michelle Williams, all involved in this in the breaking of the stories and and the context of all the stories. Uh, if you want to hear a bit more about the writing of the of the show, check out the official behind the scenes uh, podcast for Netflix. Uh, Umbrella Academy, and um, they've been talking about the makeup of every single episode, and as it's been going on, uh, putting together. Uh, the writers, directors, actors, everybody involved in the show and given some background about how it's all put together. Um, I think as we record now, it's just on the second episode, but I know they're doing an episode a week for about four or five weeks. But it, you must have watched the entire season to listen to them. So uh, part of the reason why I couldn't listen to it straight off the bat, as I usually would, was just because I was waiting for the show to finish. <laughs> so uh, there you go.
2: And I'll just very quickly call out that Aaron is actually, uh, was part of Keanu, the film. Which is uh, uh Keem Peel and their um Hip Hop Kitty? It is a hilarious romp. It's on Netflix. Give it a go. It when I say hilarious, it's at least going to give you a chuckle. But I found it by pure chance, and it's darn good.
0: Interesting. I haven't seen that yet. I must uh must check that out. That's cool.
2: Yes, the joys of Netflix.
0: Uh huh. Absolutely, John. Do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode?
1: Sure. Reeling from the events at the Dealey Plaza, the siblings head to the farm to help save Harlan, only to find themselves drawn into a
0: deadly, deadly showdown. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was deadly. It was. It was in, in the Irish way or in the Dublin way, deadly means brilliant. And it was. Yeah. It was superb. <laughs> it was really good.
2: And it actually was deadly, deadly as well, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of dead angels. There, there it really is. is. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah certainly is. Do you want to just kick us straight into your big moment from the episode, Chris? I think we're going to start off with you for your big moment once again.
2: In my best job depression. Sure. i I, I'm going to take um, one of the, the the potentially what I consider to be the biggest point on this, which is we finally have met one of the other children mm-hmm. um, from the Umbrella Academy. Finally, uh, universe. <laughs> um, Laya is. It turns out she is a mimic. Mm-hmm. Her superpower is to mimic any other powers. Uh, that she's in contact with close to proximity question mark Mm -hmm. in terms of the exact but yeah it's fantastic and it does explain very quickly I just want to call it out how she was able in the original her first fight with Five Mm -hmm. do that jump behind him where the camera pans back and she's standing away we just never saw the teleportation so it was it's a great they had hinted at it already and we just kind of played it away as that she's a fantastic fighter. Yeah. Um. But right. to be see to see this, it was just fantastic.
0: Yeah, I like I like that they learned it enough there that we did question it though. I remember having the conversation, wondering yeah. whether she was super wondering if she was one of the other definitely the other thirty six children. If I, if my maths is right there, uh, wondering if she's one of the other kids that wasn't found because as we said, this always feels like. The whole show should be based around who the other kids that were born in the same day were. It just doesn't make sense. Otherwise, why would you give a, a num- numeric count and not use it? That's the statistician in me that goes, why would you give a number to it? Why didn't you just say there were seven kids and all seven of them were found and they were part of the Academy? Of course, you ha- you're going to have more. So, um, So not a massive surprise as such. That there's going to be a character in the show. I love that they held it over to the final episode uh, for you to find out. That that's the reason why the handler is looking for her in the first place, and she is specifically being targeted. That's why her parents were killed, and that's why she was found and took and taken in by the handlers because she's looking for a superpowered kid of her own. Effectively, so, um, so I really like that twist right at the end of the season to find that out, rather than it being yeah. a half season arc of the the team trying to work out how to fight against somebody that can mimic all of your powers back at you it was all done in one episode i thought that was cool
1: yeah no it was really good uh, i loved this i loved her kind of using uh the other powers against them whether it was uh the you know the the the, the snapping through space uh like number five mm-hmm. but i thought the the great one was where she turns uh, I heard a rumor from Alison oh, yeah. back on herself um to uh, deadly effect in yeah. this case the the real uh sort of usage of the term uh-huh. uh, but no I thought that was really really cool and I liked how it crescendoed to that point in the farm with the academy saying your family you're one of us mm-hmm. obviously She's had her family taken away from her and the, the truth that comes out around that. So uh, I thought it was really, just really, really good.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for me, this was, as you said, was it was good that the first half of the season, it was a fight. And then for the five remaining, six remaining episodes, it was, now she's one of us. I like how it was condensed because it did leave us with this fantastic ending as well, where she jumps. She runs because her whole life has been, um, just turned upside down. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to start wrapping the lyrics to, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Good. but it's essentially <laughs> she, she was spirited away, um, and not in the great way. Um,
1: yeah, that was interesting because did you think? So, this was the kind of one question that I had because obviously you have the moment where you see uh, number five uses his powers in a different way, kind of as Sir Reggie had suggested to him that you should try uh, time shifting by seconds and so on. So, the first iteration of, you know, where they say your family and so on, and then her mum or the handler comes in and basically slaughters them all. Yeah. Um, but also, kills lila and then the second time obviously it doesn't play out like that and the handler had doesn't really have the same conversation with her as before and mm-hmm. i'm just wondering does what uh, five do does it resets everything so yeah is she fully sure that the handler was as involved as she let on in the first time when effectively she killed her because she wasn't going to answer lila's question
2: Exactly. So before she can even do the kind of head twitch where Lila is able to kind of go, Oh my God, it's true. Yeah. She's shot. So effectively, we to a degree are resetting the past here. Uh, now there's a question about the very end of it. What version we will see of Lila in, uh, season three. Mm-hmm. Well, if, she returns for season Mm. three or most likely, if we get a season three she obviously will return yeah um but being able to see what version whether it be alt reality version or this version who sits outside of time as part of the commission
1: or um, will she be a member of the sparrow academy
0: uh, well absolutely yeah yeah
2: that would be the alt reality version in my I think head, so. yeah. Or, or maybe. maybe she just from that universe. We'll probably talk
0: about that a little bit more um, yes. as we get to talking about the actual end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just wanted to quickly uh, come in on, on what you were saying. So the the point at which the handler is killed is just as she walks in through the door. So the family have had their conversation with Lila. Um, handler was just about to walk in through the door, and she shot the family immediately. So Lila knows that whole story. Effectively, up until the point where Handler shot everybody, so she does have that all of that information. She does, but she doesn't have her shooting confirmation. But
1: she's just questioning the Handler, her mom. Then she gets shot by this the Sweet. Yeah. So what I mean is, is that has she then time jumped using the briefcase to and is still unsure as to the truth of the matter? Yeah. Because she hasn't had the extra moment where, and okay, it didn't really matter. She knew the truth, but she got killed by, uh, the handler because the handler wasn't going to give the game away. Uh, so I, I think that was, that, that's all I was kind yeah. of meaning is that in season three, is Lila going to still be vengeful towards, uh, number five or more questioning or ultimately, um, I suppose, as you were saying, Chris, is she just going to be kind of outside of the timeline, a bit like the the Seven seem to have become, um, or will you know she be one of those silhouettes of one member of the Sparrow Academy? Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. interesting.
2: So, for me, the, the the deeper the deeper aspect of this is that if you think of how the Umbrella Academy was formed mm-hmm. was that they had Reginald, they 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 were Hargreaves, they had the family, it was dysfunctional, they had the constant um berating of Reggie. And that's what drove them apart and back together mm-hmm. and by his death. And that's so they have that history. She has quite a similar dynamic in that she was also ripped from her family, yeah. like the others, different reasons—death yeah. versus being bought, adopted—but they, she still had a parental figure who braided that caused that like mental anguish similar to Diego. Mm-hmm. So, if we have lost Ben completely, the original Ben, mm-hmm. our Ben, we've lost that character, right? I think Lila's is a suitable replacement. Okay. Um. In, not to join, but maybe to join the, the this Team Zero. Okay. Uh, I know I, I'm kind of contradicting myself on not to join, but to join. Think of it as she is the subbed in member. When the original X-Men yeah. added Wolverine and added Nightcrawler and uh, Rogue, etc. Yeah. Actually, perfect example for our comic book listeners is the example of Rogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rogue joined as a villain uh, turned hero. Um, she had done some heinous things with Miss Marvel, taken powers and joined the X-Men for years and became a good character. Yeah. And I think that's quite, that is potentially what they are setting up for season three with she has that. Again, we need to then get some resolution on the, the whole mother actual death thing like that, but we can, that can be easily solved in season three. But I just want to say I was really happy with the reveal. Mm-hmm. This didn't feel like, a MacGuffin just at the end, in order to show all their powers being used right at the end. It didn't feel forced. Yeah, yeah. It felt well timed. Yeah. When you go back and and I've I started a rewatch, but I haven't had a chance to get deep into it. There are clues there yeah, from the get go. Yeah. Um. In terms of even in the underground scene with Diego. If she is a mimic, mm-hmm. she can potentially mimic his fighting style, and that looks like what she did with the mm-hmm. kicks and stuff. Yeah, potentially. So maybe it's not just power. His powers are a bit more agility, movement based. Yeah, that's in the kind of the interesting part. But anyway, so that was my big point uh for this episode.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's going all the way back to the original time we saw her backstory with the handler being in the room you know the piece of information we had we as the audience were missing from that and we were trying to piece it together while we were having the conversation the piece that we were missing was the handler was always middle to top management she was never an agent and we were trying to think was she someone that was trained as part of the commission went out in missions with five as you as you correctly guessed at the time chris um we were trying to piece together saying that was what was happening but it turns out she'd never gone out in a mission she's the one selected it She's the one that wants to go to that location, but we did have enough information that we could have kind of guessed that there was some yeah. other reason that the handler would be intent on going to go into that address, that specific address, and spe- specifically looked behind that paneled wall when there was no sound in the room to find this girl. You know, so she knew exactly what she was looking for, where she was looking for. Her, you know, and the timing worked as well—the age group of uh, of Lila to indicate that she could be. A member of this 43 but i think overall the intention of this family would be to go out and find out find all of the people that were born at that time or conceived at that time born at that time um that they were born at and set them all set them all up as a big group of the umbrella academy find out what all their powers are you know again it's it's one of those things that seems inherent in the storytelling but isn't there in the comics so really glad to how this worked out in the show yeah definitely. definitely john do you want to take us on with your big moment for the episode then yeah, it's more of a big question actually for me, because mm-hmm. the,
1: the one thing that came out of this finale that I was massively intrigued by, and, and it kind of l- leads on, is that, you know, we, we have this huge fight going on, uh, and, and all of this, and the handler is intent on getting to, uh, Harlem, yeah. uh, down in the, um, sort of basement of, of the farm building. And, um, First off, I have to say, I loved the kind of slapstick, uh, knockout of Sissy by the handler, um, who, you know, Sissy's there gung ho, uh, I'm his mom, and she just gets not like slapped across, well, no, punched across the face and mm-hmm. falls down. I found that really funny and
0: slapsticky. Um, I think uh, as the handler delivers her line in, in, a fake <laughs> southern draw <troll> with I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm his mom. Exactly.
1: And <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, it was just that, that was funny, but you know, we, we see her having, this conversation um, with with Harlan as he's kind of got his sort of smaller energy field uh, whirring around. And this, you know, and that was the thing. It's like we hear a few snippets of this, you know, together we can do incredible things. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a lot being said here, she's happy that he won't talk back, which is a, a win-win for her. Yeah. But that's all we kind of really get. There's not too much there yet. She's down with Harlan for the whole of that time while they're fighting Mm -hmm. and then comes back out. So whatever happens, she has done what she She, intended to do uh, yet. She left him there. Um, And
0: she's finished her conversation and then gone up to kill the umbrella Academy. Yeah. I'm kind of assuming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of assuming that she has, although she could have started to hear, you know, your family, uh, you know from Diego to, to Leela and came up to sort that one out to stop any kind of you know maybe she wanted both Leela and Harlan but I, I kind of feel that you know she's down there a long time with him and we see little bits of that conversation mm-hmm. about him being and her being able to do great things it is almost then be, when she kills Leela, it's because she um she has her replacement or, or, or something along those lines maybe. I mean you know she says, can we move past this? Um, but I, I just, I kind of felt that, you know, there was something being withheld um, sort of off camera as to what happened there. And certainly given that um, with what seemed to be the taking back of powers from Haaland by vanya mm-hmm. and then you see him with his little uh wooden toy floating and spinning in the back of the car and all of a sudden he's kind of got an evil harlan kind of look to him
0: yeah well, I, I,
1: so yeah. i i just don't know does she do something to him just say something to him you know, seed an idea uh into uh his mind and obviously um you had s- spotted that that kind of wooden toy was a bird mm-hmm. and we have the sparrow academy so i'm just kind of thinking that maybe there was actually quite a really big thing happening mm. actually off camera here yeah. between harlan and the handler and you know we see her die twice here um with the time jump um that you know she's killed um once by uh the swede yeah. after she's killed Leela, and then she dies again once number five has done his kind of time reversal, yeah. so she's dead dead. So does that mean she's dead and gone? And Harlan is taking up the the mantle? Or I suspect it would be quite easy, given she pushed pushed a bullet out of her brain uh, last time, that the you know, and because of timey wimey, spacey wacy, yeah. that she could still feature in a season three. But I think, irrespective I feel, of that. Like it-
0: I feel like you can only do that once. And they did it this Agreed. Season, So,
1: But I think irrespective of that, I just feel something pretty substantive happened with Harlan down in that basement with her. And more than what was just shown to us, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and when you pointed that out, or when you're saying it there, I, I can understand what you mean. It feels like, yeah, it feels like that's, we didn't see her run away from Harlan, get a gun, and then go and kill the family. We saw her speaking to him, giving him all these enticements to come with her. And then everything cuts in a bit later on. She comes in from the outside door, I think. Yeah. Even. I don't know whether she comes in from upstairs, from downstairs. No, she comes so, from outside. From outside. So there's a, a passage of time, though, that hasn't been accounted for that absolutely could mean something in the future. And, you know, remember, Sir Reggie is still in the 60s at this stage as well as Harlan and, uh, and his mom go off to L.A. So it absolutely could play into... Uh, why the Academy is the Sparrow Academy. Uh, there could absolutely be something in how Harlan grows up with his powers uh, leading to the development and creation of this group.
1: Exactly. And so, I mean, basically my big moment is a, a question mark mm-hmm. or a suspicion of maybe what did the handler do? Because I, I found that very intriguing. And mm-hmm. it it felt um, underhand, which is exactly what the the handler likes to do.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So I'm a hundred percent with you on that. I I believe the toy is the sparrow. I believe essentially, and again, I pull in another comic book quote or kind of reference the 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 way that Magneto goes against uh, Charles Xavier, mm-hmm. the X Men, is to create his own team, the Brotherhood of Mutants. Yeah. So how is the handler? Who is human, time tra- has the ability to time travel, or that we at least suspect she's not super powered. Yeah. Anyway, she has the ability to, like, through whatever means, be able to survive uh, a gunshot and such. Metal plate but in her head.
0: She described that. Metal. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs>
2: um. But essentially, the best way for her to do that is to create her own team of super powered individuals. Mm-hmm. So, this team can be led by her version of um, Magneto, which would be Harlan. So, I think by seeding that idea, she was seeding that she could come back and create and grab her own team, the Sparrow Academy, to go against the Umbrella Academy. Maybe. Because, and I just think, I think that makes sense. I do not want to see her back. I love, love, love Kate Walsh. Mm -hmm. I think she's fantastic in Mm -hmm. this. Like even seeing her on social media when this came out, she was great. Even though she's isolating home like the rest Mm -hmm. of us, she still had fun with it. But it was just, I I don't think it would be good for, she can come back with it like a flashback or a short time travel kind of piece. Like because we play with time, it's fine. But personally, I'm kind of like, your bit is done.
0: Yeah, well, I felt in that conversation with Herb and Dos when uh, Diego and Five are talking to the two of them, and Herb scare, is scared, kind of going, "She's definitely dead, isn't she?" And Five goes, "Oh yeah, definitely." So it's like I'm not making that mistake a second time. You almost feel like yes. he's taking her head, you know, <laughs> and hidden it somewhere. You know, <laughs> uh, that's what it almost feels like. He's going, "No, no." We are one hundred percent sure she's not coming back for season three, lads. You know, um, which I think is the right thing to do if you are going to have a villain, you can't keep repeating the villain over and over again as well. So um,
2: yeah, it's important. Says the X Men and Magneto
0: exactly.
1: But as number five said, Diego is the village idiot. Um, that, you know, so maybe, maybe just maybe she's not. I, I mean, I agree with you guys. I, I don't particularly want to yeah. see her back other than through exposition or flashback yeah. in, in that sense um but i just wonder because i mean she is such a great character and i've loved her through these two seasons yeah. and if there's a small bit of me that wouldn't be sad if she was back but i think um yeah it it yeah. it wouldn't feel as right as it did
0: in this one well i don't, like i'd also yeah. agree with you yeah I'd, I'd, I'd have no problem seeing her back for an episode here and there in in the next season because she's a time traveler. Definitely. Uh, one of the other things to point out to in reference to the comics to actually Umbrella Academy, the comics themselves time traveling and the commission, the, the group that's in the comic books, they're not a hundred percent part of the story. They are part of some of the stories, but that's not what the whole Umbrella Academy storyline is about. It's not about yeah. time traveling and the preserving the timeline. That's, that's, a an expansion of that character for the tv show to give them one central villain and one central thing to fight but there's no reason why you would have to keep that in to continue the storyline if that makes sense then they're back in the future there's loads of other battles to fight loads of other things to do um so there's there's loads of other things to explore they don't have to keep that storyline of the handler and the commission either so but then that would mean we wouldn't see her but dot again so i'm sure it's going to be in there
2: (laughs) I'll very quickly just say that the Spire Academy is in the third graphic novel. Pretty much the final issue uh of the run. Um, so they're introduced. We know very little about we pretty much know nothing. Yeah. We see about uh, three of the seven's powers yeah. and they all know is that they they they're red and black and have a sparrow on them. Yeah. Um there so there's enough there that this gives the writers room for season three leeway to go and like it's like hey here's a cool little idea go play and i think this is actually what we've seen is they've taken the central core and premise and really just expanded upon them in their own way yeah. and i like that about this They're like this would have been a procedural if it was like the comic books because we've as derek you called it i think last episode and we called that a few times mm-hmm. the whole premise of the umbrella academy is they every every couple of issues every arc they're saving the world from apocalypse yep. <laughs> another apocalypse another apocalypse so that could get that could get old very yeah, quickly yeah. uh and i think uh, this gives them depth to go and it's like oh right here's it's basically the the toy box it's like here's the toy box you've got a captain america you've got a batman you don't need to do uh, you can play Batman and Captain America on the same team. Yep. You can play with the toys however you like.
0: Can I just give one uh, minor spoiler to the whole uh, comic book thing? I say so. Yeah, which is the Sparrow Academy, as we're calling them. They're not even actually named that in the comic. That is basically the final panel of the final comic book written by Jared Way. There is nothing following it. There's no follow up. No further details of who they are. You kind of have to guess from the drawing uh, exactly. What they could be or who they are. So he basically ended his entire comic book run kind of like the way this final episode of season two ran. So if Netflix doesn't give a third season, actually this will have ended exactly the same way as the comic books, which I just think yeah. is interesting to note. So while we look at this and go, wow, massive cliffhanger, comic book readers have been stuck with that cliffhanger for more than two years now uh, at this stage, <laughs> waiting for a follow up to who this group are what they are what they do, where they could have come from. So uh, it we sounds, may get an answer quicker than the comic books
1: do. It sounds all very George R. R. Martin Game of Thronesy, doesn't it? <laughs> where the T V show possibly, if it comes back with a third season, will outstrip the source
0: material. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, I agree.
0: I know you guys both took individual moments from the episode, but there's one massive thing and I was gonna work out how we were going to talk about it really, because there's one massive central thing to the episode, which is battle at the farm and i'm just going to take that as my point even though yep. i could probably could take individual movements but just so we can all talk about the battle at the farm because it's cool uh, a couple of things that i noticed the second time watching it through that i didn't notice the first time but probably were really important <laughs> and i'm sure production was making sure you should recognize this when the team get together and go off to the farm with vanya did everybody notice that they'd all change their clothes and were all wearing their superhero costumes from the first episode yep. the yep. exact yep. same outfits. I didn't notice the first time, I don't know why, but it was, I think the second time watching it it was when I saw Alison's outfit, because it looked completely different to any costume that she'd worn throughout the season. She was wearing the cape, uh, a black cape, basically, over the top of her clothes, and you're going, where'd she get that from? Oh, yeah, she was kind of running through the streets with that in the first episode. So, I love that little touch before we get into the big battle. So, you are 100% saying they have definitely averted Doomsday, now all the team are together. They're off to the farm to do this big battle, and they are all uh, all geared up like a team again. So I uh, thought that was a lovely touch.
1: It was really nice yeah. as well that they all got in okay. to help Vanya as well. I really liked that because obviously last season they would have all just gone shut it, Vanya, and yeah. walked off. And
0: they basically um, did here as well.
1: They did, yeah. but what I mean is, is thankfully they realized that Yes, that's not how you treat your sister. Yeah. Um and so I, I love the fact then that they all, you know, one by one get into the uh the car with her to head off uh to to save Harlan. Mm-hmm. Um so I thought that was really good.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna quickly jump in before we move to the farm, mm-hmm. before we get so this is three massive elements for me of why this was fantastic. First thing, character growth in Vanya. Mm-hmm. We see her look at the keys, where, as a viewer, we're like, oh, no, she's run off again. She, like Diego, she reverted, um, and she's just going to go do her own thing. She doesn't need the family. And then you actually see her come down the stairs. And I was like, this is fantastic. This is what I want out of these characters, which is they've been through these traumatic experiences, but they're growing slowly. And sure, like sometimes you have to be pulled along, uh, and you have to be pulled up to be a better person. But this showing that they have self growth, yeah. And I was just so happy with that. Second was her conversation with Klaus,
0: mm-hmm.
2: where we learn Ben chose not to go into the light. Mm-hmm. He he stayed with Klaus for all these years yeah. and grew with Klaus because he wanted to be there with them. So that answers some of our questions about even from the, the, the why he was there, like how he's been around so long.
0: Yeah, and it also answers the question that we saw from episode nine because we saw Ben give that piece of information to Vanya. We were yeah. all going, "Oh, is he planting the seed for him to come back to life or something? You know, We were yeah. wondering whether this was going to be a massive moment. It is a massive moment but a massive character growth moment exactly to say, Chris, this is a moment to give Klaus some relief from the idea that he's thought from the moment he encouraged uh Ben to stay behind, he's thought this is his fault that he's been stuck on Earth for these last what, seventeen years is that the difference time again? Yeah. I keep that's the one I can never get right. <laughs> Sixteen. Sixteen or seventeen years since uh yeah. since here no it can't be that long. But uh yeah, it's a it's a long time since uh since Ben died originally and is still there. So yeah.
2: Yeah. So for and I said so that was the character growth of Klaus because he's held that belief that that pain that kind of that regret mm-hmm. in his heart, and you can see the weight lift. And again, fantastic acting by the two actors here. Perfect. And then the family growth uh, as a unit, not just Diego, not just Klaus, not just all of them. No, we're th- it's I make the joke, it's team zero, but this really is team zero kind of forming like we're our family. We're gonna have, like we don't want to go, we disagree, but fine, we'll go because we're here to help you. Little do they know that. It's all going to go down on the farm, but I just lo- So I, I, I swear I was cutting onions. I was making dinner. That was it. It's the only <laughs> sure reason I teared right, up. Um, <laughs> it was just, a, this was for me such a standout moment. Like, it, I don't know what it was set up like five minutes, six mm-hmm. minutes yeah, it was really good. of the, the whole episode, but it was just, it's what I wanted in those growth of those characters because I got so annoyed in the previous episode yeah. that they started to revert. And I was just like, "No, don't do that <laughs> for this reason." And they went, "No, no, they did those, and they revert on that aspect." Yeah. But you know, this is their main growth here. Yeah. Um. Anyway, well, they get in the car and they go off to the to the farm.
0: Absolutely. Well, throughout the season, Chris, you've been calling the fight scene in the first episode, uh, the battle in the first episode. You've been calling that the Avengers moment. <laughs> when you think about it, that's actually the Avengers Age of Ultron moment. That's a battle moment. Yeah. The big yes. Avengers moment is actually the whole team come together. Stand, stand together in the street waiting for an attack. It's not the battle itself. It's the team themselves coming together. So this is really yeah. the other Avengers moment. Yeah. Uh, this is the moment when they well, all come together. So.
1: I, I wrote in my notes that whole thing on the field looked like Avengers Endgame. And I suppose Gosh. with <laughs> the the blue lights where they all, all started... Okay, maybe good and evil slightly reversed, but with all the assassins coming in, mm-hmm. it looked like the... And um, the sling rings for, um, from Doctor Strange and mm-hmm. so on, but just all coming in to battle, and yeah, I I thought this was really epic, um, Avengers really epic, yeah. um, and I thought it was so so well done. This is
0: no criticism of Breath Academy that there's that there's connections and they look like Avengers. Avengers is the biggest. Uh, superhero movies of all time, basically. So if you can can take that and put it into your TV show, go right ahead. There's no no criticism of that at all. I do love that the whole, I I suppose, section of the battle starts. Vanya arrives. She climbs into the protective field that Harlan has around him. She's the only one that can get through. And while she's doing that, I love that it's Klaus that walks to the door, looks outside and goes who are those people in the field? So basically, (laughs) once again with Klaus, he's been so disconnected throughout this season. The two main characters who've been involved in everybody else's life, he has no idea who the two of them are.
1: He says exactly the same as well for the elder
0: Swede. He's like,
1: who's this guy? (laughs) Exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: And that also spills over into Luther as well, who hasn't seen all of the things that are going on as well because he he is wondering which one of the handler or Lila is Diego's girlfriend. He doesn't know which one's which because he hasn't been involved in that. So, what we've seen throughout the season, I suppose, all the way up to episode nine, is all seven of these characters being spread apart, having all of their own stories, some intermingling with the others, some being much more involved in the central storyline that we've seen, some having their own uh, storylines. But now, yeah, the final episode is all about them coming together, you know. Uh, We see Vanya using her powers for good this time in that major moment, that wonderful moment, as as you mentioned, John, when all of the Everybody that is uh, that has been working for the commission, all the operatives arrive at this moment. We heard mention of it back in episode nine that every single operative from the field was being called back cause by the handler because they're going to war. This is the war on the field. Yeah. Uh, so it looked cool. like yeah. It really did uh from 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 the camera pulling back and seeing what looked like thousands of people in the field with their briefcases loved the little touch of the uh of the halloween masks just like hazel and chacha from season one every fifth or sixth person was wearing uh, some form of kind of halloween mask which i thought was a nice little uh, callback to that to that idea that they had in season one so yeah very cool um yeah, Vanya going out and knocking them out, we get the reveal that Leela has the ability to uh, to mirror back the powers that are used on her, um, which plays out in different ways as that goes on. I think that was cool. The one thing, though, that did stand out <laughs> with <laughs> thousands of operatives, all trained assassins, <laughs> exactly. throughout, throughout season one and season two, we've heard that five was the greatest assassin the commission had ever hired. I think that was just five can actually shoot a bullet and hit a exactly. wall, exactly because yeah. <laughs> not one bullet hit Diego and five. And they specifically make a point of having Diego block bullets at a mo- at one moment to, to let five go. So he's not doing that in their run up to, to their hiding spot. He's not blocking the bullets from coming at them. He's not using his powers. If he, if they'd had a moment, because that's all they needed, it was just a moment of him kind of waving his hands and he ran, it would make total sense. Yeah. Otherwise, what these guys are actually doing is going through history and hiring all the stormtroopers from Star Wars to shoot guns. <laughs> yeah.
1: That was exactly what I had as well. It was just that... Okay, these guys are the worst assassins <laughs> in the history of assassins. Um, Diego and Five
0: don't get that much of a head start until Five does his, his jump.
1: No, not not at all. But that's yeah. the thing. If they'd just done the jump right at the start, because yeah. that was cool. I like that. Very I really like that. To behind the um the, the tractor, I think as well. I like. I love Diego's hero moment where he's holding all the bullets back, and it so, all becomes too much. Yeah. Um and you know he blows up a a gas canister or whatever but it's like uh, i loved all that but yeah absolutely like that that was the weirdest thing for me (laughs) um and i think they could have easily
2: sort of dealt with that because yeah they should have at least caught a bullet so i'm right there with you guys they literally should have just had diego as you said waving his hands but more going go left go right because to this point we've known his powers was Kind of agility, knives controlling. In episode one, we saw him bend the bullets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they could have gotten away with him kind of bending the bullets by weaving and like him picking up yeah. five and weaving left and right and bending them round before he has his massive superhero moment. Which, by the way, I know it's Matrix pull. I know it's great. It just for me, it was like cool. You've just Amped his powers yeah, significantly. Definitely. And there was no comment.
0: Well, remember, just just to quickly point it out again, this is totally within the writing of what Steve Blackman and the team behind the scenes have done here. The amp that we get to everybody's powers in this episode is exactly the amp we saw in episode one. So I love that touch. It's that. It's not that they have suddenly got a huge boost upgrade to their powers or the powers are any different to episode one. If you think about what they're doing, so you have Diego basically doing exactly what he did in episode one, Ben and the bullets blocking them from from hitting him, which is something that we hadn't really seen throughout the season. We only saw that in episode one and went, Oh my God, look at his powers have been amped up. You have Alison trying to use her powers, who doesn't get to use them uh, in this episode, but you have, uh, for example, Clays is a really good example. He uses his powers in a different way than we've ever seen him use them before. And the first yeah. episode, he used them to uh, to bring some people back to life to rush against the oncoming army. In this one, he he uses them to call upon two dead farmhands to catch him from falling from the air, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which exactly. is something that he didn't have as a power in the past. He didn't have the ability to call yeah. someone uh, that was dead in the past. It was Ben, who's the only person that he called. This time he calls someone from, uh, from a, a dead farmhand effectively or to them to catch yeah. him from falling from the air, which I just think is very funny. But it is saying he does have those powers now, even though he hasn't used them throughout the season. He has those powers now. So.
1: I, I think as well, the strain of all those bullets, you see him not like struggling against it. So it's kind of not that Superman thing of where he's just floating and you know, he's getting hit by bullets and it doesn't really matter because it mm-hmm. doesn't care because none of them are kryptonite. It is it's you see him straining to to deal with all these projectiles coming at him uh, to the point where yeah. he has to just kind of fling them off to one side so he can get back behind the the tractor. Yeah. I think um I think the only other thing from that was just that as well. Five does that jump for him and Diego, and then suddenly he goes, I'm out of juice and really tired, and then is hopping around in the house like it's going out of fashion uh, when he fights Leela, and it's kind of like... Well, he did
2: get to lie down. He got to lie down under the pile of bricks for (laughs) No, he did,
1: but what I mean is, it's just like... (laughs) Which totally should have killed him. That in itself was... Okay, I I, I get that, but for me, that just felt simply like to amp up tension it it, it didn't feel oh. it didn't feel real and it made no sense when he was jumping yeah. around Be, or at least explain how he loses but I, he's lost power once before i've seen him do that Um so it's not that uh it's not the sudden losing of his power but it was just the fact that so when he says i'm tired i've run out of juice then basically it's like literally five seconds later and actually he's okay yeah it, yeah. So the, there's no difference. But it, it's kind of just like, we'll wait five seconds and then just jump from behind the the tractor. Yeah, Weird.
2: Derek, I want to let you go in a second. I'm right with John on this, in that I kind of, I, I straight away went, what? Huh? All right. And then I put it down to, he got a bit of a nap under the bricks.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the bricks that absolutely should have killed him. There's no doubt. Yes, you. 100%. <laughs> oh, I don't know how he knocked Luther out of the way. And the bricks landed on him and he stayed alive. That made no sense. But hey, that was that, that's the one that I thought made no sense. Um, the theory that I have on why he was out of power was actually to do with carrying Diego. If he if he brought Diego with him, he uses too much power to do the jump. Um, what we've seen yeah. in the past is, for example, we've seen him go, I can't jump through time. And having the conversation with Sir Reggie saying, I can't jump through time. Every time I do that, I mess up. And then he, the next episode, he jumps through time. What he means is, I can't jump through time carrying six other people with me because that takes an, ex- an excess amount of my powers, basically. So, uh, yeah. so it's, so it is in there in the show, but you're right. It probably isn't spelled out enough. Uh, but Diego says to him, You jump on your own and I'll hold them off. So he's basically saying to him, I know you don't have enough power to carry me with you, but you can still have enough power to, to carry yourself. And then he's in the house on the floor for, for that whole sequence where, the um, commission are attacking. The bullets are flying. Vanya knocks them all down. There's the attack back from um, from Leela. He's in there for a good five minutes of the story. In yeah, that but he's not wrestling. relaxing.
1: It's not like he's suddenly like gone off to bed yeah. and, and gone under the duvet cover <laughs> and has had 40 wings. Well, he could have. He could have. Like, it's, it's the he's, schoolboy outfit.
0: making you want to give him like a, a glass of milk and a, and no, <laughs> a he, cookie he, and send to bed an he, he's frantic. He's
1: <laughs> looking for cover. He's trying yeah. not to get shot. So he's not relaxing and it's like he also jumped through time on his own. So yeah. he has done; he's done that before. Um, and he's he's not jumping through time. Well, he is. He's, he's time obsessed. and space. But it's <laughs> it's 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 a it's a very different thing uh, than what he did in the barn. Um, it, it's skipping forward. It, it's that hop. Mm-hmm. It, it's that hop yeah. that he did, um, like to get through the door. Um, where, yes, there is a time element there, but also it's primarily coming across as a, a movement through space yeah. rather than time. Uh, whereas he, you know, in the in the barn, he is moving time backwards; yeah. he's going in, in the other direction. Uh, so, I it just it just was like I just it just didn't make any sense, and I thought, okay, that's just so you can get Diego doing it, and so actually, I like Chris's idea that you'd have diego holding all the bullets back as they get away and then five jumping uh to to get to where he needs to go yeah
2: Yeah. i'll I'll quick i'll quickly just jump in uh, because we're we're critiquing and I, I, i we're not critics and we've said that many many a time we're critiquing it it was still fantastic. Oh, it was yeah. absolutely. I, I think. I think that's the. This is
1: nibbling and quibbling. Uh, this is not. I'm not. That's I'm not critiquing it. it. It's yeah, just exactly. kind of like <laughs> it's so good as well that some of these things just kind of jump out at you, and you go, "Why? Why, why is that happening?" Um, so yeah, it's yeah. it's it's just little quibbles, but it doesn't detract exactly. from, as you say like a fantastic um, showdown between them all. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are kind of the movements until we see Leela versus, um, verse five, uh, in her battle with him, where she's again, this time much more clearly copying his power while jumping around the room. Yeah. Um, Luther getting thrown out through the, through the window as well, or through, well, at the brand new window of the house, uh, what used to be the side wall of the house. So as strong as Luther as well. So, um, loved that moment when luther realizes that he can't punch uh, his way out of it when leela's holding him by the fist telling him you know basically telling him take a second think about what's happening here i'm just as strong as you you know because uh, he just hasn't seen something like that before and yeah you already mentioned uh the rumor moment with allison where uh, where she gets her breath stopped by a reverse rumor um, and Another nice touch, Alison starts the sentence of, I heard a rumor that, and Leela finishes it with, you stopped breathing. So she doesn't even have to say the start of the sentence. She's reversing her power on Alison. She doesn't have the power herself. She's just reversing it on Alison, which is, like, yeah. is yeah. really nicely done and, and was shocking. Like, But another interesting one in here as well is Luther's able to talk Alison to, into breath again. I thought that was interesting, yeah. considering yes. the power of Alison seems to have been she convinces them to do something until she no longer wants them to do it anymore. So how is Luther able to convince her to breathe again? Is it the love connection between the two of them? Is there, is that what this part of the scene is saying that there's, that there is a connection greater between Luther and Alison than the power that Alison has? I, I don't know. I guess you read into it what you want to read into it, but I don't know whether you guys have any thoughts on that at all.
2: So I took it as her concentration was broken. Um, so that if you remember when she was forcing her power to be used on the diner owner, mm-hmm. um, that pouring the coffee, it wasn't until Ray snapped her out of it yeah. that her concentration broke and she, her power dissipated. So
0: Lila's power is literally mirroring Allison's power back at her. So once Allison's concentration is broken by Luther. The power stops that kind that's of that's exactly because yeah. we don't know the way i took because we now. don't really know enough about lila whether as you, as you guys mentioned earlier on whether it's a, a mimic him because of proximity or whether it's only because it's being used in her which is what i think it is when a power is being used on her she's able to reflect it back at the person that's using it on her um but it could be proximity as well lila gets out of there pretty quickly so maybe that's yeah. it uh, and she doesn't seem to use anybody's powers when they're not directly using them at her as well so um yeah. so yeah that's that's interesting so i
2: i i literally it's it's either it's it's either mimicry or mirror um i do like the idea of the mirror like just as the like if you think of it, it's the horror yeah. uh and all that type, the mirror is a cool name and if, if if a power is used against her she she basically is able to kind of Reflect it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it does explain then as well why, for example, she's just doesn't always use them. Well, Where? yeah. Like if in the proximity of five or Diego or any. Of the others. Yeah. It's that she relies more on her hand-to-hand skills and her guns and I've her knives. And
0: yeah, she's still thing. very competent as a fighter without any skills. And and I, exactly.
1: I think that's what was kind of quite neat, even though we didn't see it play out. Um, the, the strategy that they were proposing to kind of combat her, which was she can only do it one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So if we all surround her, um, she hasn't got the chance to mimic or reflect everyone well actually if she reflects and mirrors maybe she does yeah. um, but if it's, exactly. if it's mimic then she would have a lot of mimicking to do that would yeah. be like you Chris uh, dressing up and singing out a key in a bad accent <laughs> all at once trying to do it all at the same time <laughs>
2: which has happened which is more difficult it is more difficult but it has happened on a fateful sunday <laughs> night when i was quite drunk and uh but any like that night in the kilt will not be talked about
0: <laughs> and that's like asking john for 1 point exactly um, yes.
2: exactly almost oh, exactly <laughs> but that that's it <laughs> or it, you it, for a it, it just edit.
0: becomes more difficult for
1: her so i really kind of like that yeah. that strategy i thought it was really neat um and i i do like the fact that as you said before And in this moment, they realize they're not alone
0: as well, that there are the the others. I think uh, that that's just like really good. Actually, just to point that out, it's not very clear whether they were ever told that there was more than seven. Like the voiceover that we had from the first episode was uh, Sir Reginald's voice saying there were 43 people born on on Earth. He bought seven of them. Effectively, they're the ones that make up the Umbrella Academy. Um, We don't know whether that's the story that the press had heard. Whether it's a story the kids had heard, um, and I, I don't, I can't remember. Maybe, maybe it might have been in Vanya's book. Did she, did she know that there was forty three kids and they were the seven that were that were found? I just can't remember. But, but here for definite, it's confirmed there are, there was somebody else, which is Leela born on the first of October at the same time as all the rest of them. So, um, so there, they now know that she is one of theirs. I like that it's that resolution as well. Exactly as you say, John. The ending here, as it's getting to it, feels exactly like what was happening at the end of season one, where they were all going, right, how do we punch and kick this problem that we have to fix it? Right. All of you get in a group. We'll gang up together and we'll punch and kick this problem until it's sorted. And actually, they they err on the much better side, exactly what they should have done with Vanya, exactly what Allison's suggestion was in season one with Vanya. No, we're her family. We need to show her that we're here for her, and we can work together to resolve yeah. this. And that's how they resolve exactly. it with, with Leela. So lovely tie back to uh, to season one as well.
2: Almost like it was character growth.
0: Exactly. And Ooh. also loved that, uh, that Luther gets his speech to her to try and sort this out. Luther not being the smartest, uh, tool in the shed. Um, <laughs> uh, sharpest tool in the shed. I'm not the smartest tool in the shed. Um, <laughs> where he's basically saying, you know, love shouldn't hurt this much. And she responds with <laughs> <"Ugh>, puke. <laughs> yeah,
2: that was fantastic. Yeah, that was great. great, great that
0: um, that's kind of it for my big point because that's the war at the farm. That's kind of the big, uh, segment of the episode Every, I think you guys have had your big moments but what I was yeah. really impressed with on the writing from Steve Blackman here and, and the team again is I think almost every other character that's appeared in the show gets a moment in this finale that's something that tends to be dropped um, in shows where they kind of go, yeah, okay, maybe we could edit out that character that only had a couple of scenes earlier on in the season. Uh, maybe people will uh, will forget about them. Um, but I think everybody gets a little yeah. uh, a little scene or a little moment. So do you want to go through quickly uh, some of those moments? Um, yeah. Well,
1: there's yeah. the, the uh, there's the one that's right up front where uh, you have Ben's funeral. Mm. Uh, you know, tying in back to the the last episode with with Ben's sort of fin- final death as he moves um from uh the ghost realm i suppose um and uh yeah you you just have everyone there and you know you you manage you get uh techno grace back here and <laughs> in grace. in that sense mom yeah oh mom yeah <laughs> again all all the young kids are there as well from season one mm-hmm. uh to listen to the damning eulogy uh by Sir Reggie that is massively harsh on oh, them um, you know i I think what you know you allowed number six to die on this mission, like you know absolute blame being put squirrely on uh the seven and uh you know kind of the 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 ruptures between the the kids as as the funeral ends um and i thought that was quite touching having the first death of ben Mm -hmm. in effect symbolizing the death of ben from the the last one yeah that they're allowing the audience to close um out ben
0: i suppose with with the funeral it gives out the breather yeah just a kind of moment to Memorialize the character, I guess, because I think I think he is a fan favorite. Yeah, and particularly throughout this season when he's had so many moments with the rest of the cast that he didn't have in season one. People seeing Klaus keeping him back when he wants to just speak to anybody other than Klaus, you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, I think he he is a character that people like a lot, and everybody that I know likes the likes the actor. He's really good on Twitter with fans, and and been great fun. So at least having a little breather there and a little goodbye to him at the start of this episode. Uh, I, yeah, you're right. I think it was a really great touch.
2: I loved all of this scene. I loved the way Reggie was. I just wish we hadn't got a tidbit of what happened. To him. I know. <laughs>
0: no, but they well, just, that, That's true. I was true. like, come on. They are loving like, it. Yeah.
2: They are loving they, it. I was like, they're milking yeah, this now. They're loving it. Two um, seasons. Is it in the comics?
0: I, no. Okay. Nope.
2: No. No. So I think that's what I, and I think we'll basically, I don't think even in season three, it will be explained. It will just be, you died, but now you're alive. Anyway. um, Is it
1: canon at this stage that you don't mention Ben's uh, death and how he died?
0: (laughs) I think that's the, I think that's one of the central gags for the show. They're loving it. They're loving it. So, you know, you don't see them out on the fight and him dying. Uh, you see them afterwards at the funeral and everybody going, oh, wasn't it awful that he died in that attack? Let's not mention who it is. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it
1: could be. It could yeah. be the little in-joke for yeah. canon Nazis.
0: Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. that's, that's yeah. fun uh, and yeah. fun. One other thing about that uh, that section, we do have uh, Ben returning as a ghost immediately after the funeral, uh, his first meeting with uh, with Klaus. Yeah. Um, I was wondering whether Robert Sheehan... Overdubbed the voice for the actor who was he playing did. young, kids. yeah, because it's way yeah. too close. It's way too accurate. All the rest of the kids are doing their own young teenager voice voices, and that just absolutely sounds like a guy from Kildare doing an American accent, which is Robert Sheehan. <laughs> so um, he's from Kildare, isn't he? Yeah. A guy from Ireland doing a, doing an American accent. It's exactly what <laughs> it sounds like. Um, so yeah,
2: it was because the 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 dubbing wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. And it just looked slightly, slightly. It, it was uncanny valley enough. Yeah, yeah. That I, I, I was like, mm. maybe it's so my, maybe it's my internet provider. Because
1: yeah. I think everyone <laughs> has that before? question with that. Because as soon as I first heard it, and he got he got one of um, Klaus's intonations right, and I was like, yeah. that's really good of that 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 kid uh, doing the acting there yeah. to get that kind of intonation of how. Robert Sheehan is doing the thing and then the more you kind of looked at it, you kind of went I'm not entirely sure whether it is him or whether it's
0: <laughs> it's Robert Sheehan you know, I yeah. think I know exactly what the line or the part of the line was I think when he says do you want to come watch me take a piss in dad's gas tank uh, it's the way he says piss <laughs> sounds like Irish American it must be
2: I was like that's too much of a twang," <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but still still a lovely scene again this is what ties into the scene we hear later on this moment where he tells <laughs> he tells Ben, "Don't go into the light. You can go into the light anytime. Why don't you hang out with me?" Uh, you know, it's a, it's one of those moments where it's like, um, "Yeah, you don't really know a lot about your powers, and maybe you shouldn't have convinced your brother to stay with you forever." But, uh, but yeah, I like that it was resolved. It
2: was all and it good was, in the all end. all good in the end. That, that was good. the main thing. Yeah. I'll quickly take two mm-hmm. um to to wrap it up. Uh, Dave staying on Klaus. Yes, he does go to the army. Yeah. He continues this going to the army sooner rather than later. Yeah as a marine um yeah. so what this means for that timeline again we're playing with time here mm-hmm. so it's going to be a bit weird but he does join the army he has joined so he's just going earlier than expected yeah so
1: and we see klaus having his little moment with the the dog tags as well um, and yeah. as as you move to to, to dave who is yeah is
0: about to paint the vietnamese jungle in dave red i well, suppose i suppose this is one of the things about time travel stories you know it's moved now regardless of whether he's gone and joined the army or not he seemed like he was pretty convinced that's something he wanted to do and if he was going to give his life for the for the uh for america in the war that's what he signed up for he was happy about it but he's gone a week earlier <laughs> or a bit more than uh, a couple of days at least earlier and that could eternally change his path He also knows about where he's supposed to die because Klaus did tell him. Yeah, which means maybe on that particular faithful day in three or four years' time, or however many years' time it is, he goes, "Oh, this is the day that I was told that I die." So I don't go up to that particular ridge. So his his life is changed. Yeah, and
1: And as he's getting on the bus as well, you kind of see him looking around as though he's looking for Klaus. Yeah, I think so. Which is a nice touch.
0: Yeah.
2: So this is the fun thing. So they. I'd say this, plus other changes to this timeline, is the reason we are an old reality of 2019. So the question then becomes, very quickly, these, our Umbrella Academy are fish out of water now. Essentially, they're out of their timeline. Mm-hmm. They're out of what they were, who they were. So it's going to become interesting to see they are the anomaly. Yep. Did they survive? Is he in 2019 as an old mm-hmm. man? All these fun aspects are going to be there and in place. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. Cause they've actually weirdly allowed themselves to avoid the big trope that uh, I hate, as we mentioned in our feedback episode, the big trope I hate about gay characters and shows. This was uh, another character, this, this relationship between Dave and Klaus in the first season where they went with the kill your gays trope. Where one of the one of the characters must die in order for the other character to live and go on and mourn them forever, well, actually they've just avoided it because Dice has gone back in time. And at the end of the season, yes, Dave's gone off to war, but he's not dead yet. So that that means the character is still alive with potential at yeah. least in the storyline. So well done for reversing the kill your gaze trope. Well done. <laughs>
2: yeah. So what I actually would have liked, and I think this is very—it's a, a bit of a Back to the Future trope. Which is that if the dog tag started to fade, maybe at one part in the season, yeah. and then the name was replaced or the name went back on mm-hmm. towards the end, that would have been interesting. Maybe. To see. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think
0: maybe. Um, we're definitely dealing with, with multiple timelines now, aren't we? So, uh, so
2: yes. That's, oh, that's no, we're, 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 we're deep off yeah. into multiple alternate universes and realities mm-hmm. now. Um, I'll, I'll move swiftly on to Ray because we don't get much. We just see that he is at home. He goes, looks, and finds the, um, Jules Verne, um, novel. Mm-hmm. And in it is a note from Allison where she just kind of explains what they've done, yeah. why they've done it, and uh, gives him one last joke and a lot of smile to his face. Yeah. Uh, there is no indication of, what he goes on to do or who he is or like it's kind of like if you had a, in the background him going all right and tomorrow I'm meeting with um, MLK or something along those right. lines we never see anything like that we just see we get the the closure of that relationship yeah. that marriage. yeah and
0: I think I think it's important to have that and I think it's important that the letter itself speaks of hope um speaks of things I'm not going to promise you that everything's going to be better in the future but things are going to get better day by day kind of thing is is the way that Alison lays it out for him I also love because they're in a relationship I love that she instantly starts it with a joke as well because she knows this guy she starts it with yeah. oh you finally found my letter <laughs> which is which is a great way to do it because this isn't an email where she has a read receipt on us So there's a letter that she's just left for him to find whenever in the future he finds so nice little gag from Alison there I thought
2: No, definitely.
0: We've already talked about Herb and Dot becoming uh, effectively the leaders of the commission. (laughs) Herb getting his his massive upgrade to the leadership position because everybody else is dead. (laughs) Basically.
2: Well, that was it. So it's just like if half the team and more than half, three quarters of the commission is dead. They kind of have to promote from uh, there. Guys, he uh, led
1: the revolution. You saw the broom covers from That's the true. last episode. <laughs> That's true.
0: It's basically all of the admin staff and all of the office <laughs> staff for the commission are the Excellent. only people that are left. Because the board of directors slotted by slaughtered by five and now Vanya's killed... Every operative out there. I
1: do feel as well, Herb, um, I have no idea whether it's intentional, but he looks to me like an older Austin Powers, just without without the glasses. I think it's just the facial expression that Herb does. It's like, it reminds me of a retired Austin Powers.
0: (laughs) Just (laughs) not as groovy. I didn't think about that at all. I did get the impression that Dot and Herb are together, though. Did you get anybody else get that impression? Dot and Herb are actually mm, in a relationship. Not really. Kind of got that when, when the two of them arrived. Together. Office
1: romance is yeah. what I'm
2: saying.
0: Oh, broom
1: covers romance. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: And I just really want to call out the actor for Herb, Ken Hall. Um, he, he's hilarious. Um, he's in a few other things and I was trying to remember where I'd seen him from. And it's, uh, people of earth and, uh, polar. Uh, And these two little small pieces It's just comedy gold And he's able to do that from the, Basically And I think John you pulled it out there He has this great ability to kind of just Pull out a couple of shrugs And and the odd inclination When he delivers a line And it's just it's almost that comedic timing level mm-hmm. where you're like, yeah, yeah, go for it. This is a good one. Yeah, he's really good
0: he's really fun. Threat. He is. He's great. He's really a great character. Him. Let's just have a quick wrap up with Sissy and Harlan then. um, We talked about Harlan being kind of the catalyst for the big fight, the big war that was going on. We talked about Handler coming and visiting him. Um, But I suppose the episode ending for the relationship really between uh, Vanya and Sissy is kind of... It ends here as well um i really like how it ends um it was kind of inevitable that uh that we wouldn't have sissy going with them into the future because well firstly it's massively dangerous it seems (laughs) to send people back and forth through time if they haven't done it before Uh, and that was her big worry um i like that that's the that that's exactly what sissy says what happened if if herself and harlan got separated somehow and he's stuck in one place and I'm stuck in another, what would happen? He's he's on his own and isn't able to take care of himself. So that was her first thought as a mother is, I want to, to protect him. And then her response to Vanya, when Vanya says, I'll stay and we can go out and run away together is, I've seen what you can do and I'm scared for you. Is there any point at all, any place that we could live that you wouldn't be attacked, that this kind of situation would never, ever come up? Could you promise me that there's no possible way? And Vanya says, I can't promise you. Um, And that's kind of how they they end the relationship or or finish that moment. But with a little bit of hope, a little bit of hope from Sissy, we do get. if you find a perfectly safe way that you can visit me, come visit me. Here's my here's where I'm going. (laughs) So so I do like that. I, I think it's it's tied up very well and written very well to match in with their characters and doesn't feel as. Um, hopeless as uh, as yeah. another ending could have been it doesn't yeah, feel definitely. like she ran away in tears or scared about Vanya because she's powered or, uh, or she doesn't want to leave the 60s or for whatever reason it feels like she's actually thought this out and thought about all the possibilities and gone this is the best thing for my son and that's the most important thing in my life.
1: I think all those interpersonal yes. relationships have been written really yeah. well. And certainly Sissy and Vanya, I think, you know, they've they had a lot of stuff to do here mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's been done really nicely by the writers. Definitely, definitely.
2: And finally, I will wrap up with, where does this leave us with uh, old Reggie?
0: Yeah, 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 Reggie. Um, yeah. Yes, we did have alien version of Reggie ripping apart the Majestic 12 uh, and severing his ties with them basically. So um, was that supposed to happen? Did that happen in the original timeline? Is this where it's now broken off into a new timeline? Um, Is this the point where he now knows his future history effectively from his kids, the Umbrella Academy coming back and telling them, telling him what happened, how they all got together effectively. So is that the reason why he's gone off on this new path and set up the Sparrow yep. Academy? Which is, well, they did a very, very smart thing of uh, of choosing um, people in the shadows so they can just be <laughs> cast anyway with by anybody and a floating globe, <laughs> the fro- floating yes, the floating globe, which uh, is in the comic books. That's uh, the, o- yep. the the only one from the comic books that made it uh, onto screen here. Um, But we don't know what it is because, again, it's only in a very short panel. It could have been the transfer device, how it got them moving from one place to another. (laughs) It could be an actual member of the Sparrow Academy uh, with a whole personality and a voice. Um, You never know. Um, But, yeah, very smart. But much more importantly, there is the member of the team that's back alive. Ben, uh, leading the team, has no idea uh, who these people are, and he's got... A good old emo haircut as well, showing that he's... And some scars. and some scars, yes, and scars, some scars yeah. as well. Yes, he's been in a few battles. But also, Ben is the same age of, as them, and this group of the Sparrow Academy are still an active team, which the Umbrella Academy yeah. haven't been for, well, since Ben's death, in, the, in this original timeline, let's say. So... This team are at least a longer, a more put together team, and they've been around a lot longer than the Umbrella Academy have. So, uh, interesting.
1: And are we definitely saying it's a different timeline, or is it simply that because it was just when you said that because Reggie knows his future, uh-huh. that actually he has, you know, given who Reggie is, um, with all this technology and so on, that he has just specifically gone off and chosen. A different timeline for himself, um, and maybe with the exception yeah. of ben um or he's been approached to do it, or you know he's given it a new name, but ultimately that 's why that they seem out of kilter is that he says well i don't want any of them yeah. because I sat in a tiki bar uh with them, <laughs> and they were all pretty hopeless yeah. um and he, he's he's tried to correct what he perceives as being the mistake, and so um has gone off. And found another seven, except for Ben, of these forty three that he knows were were born.
2: I, I, totally, I think that's yeah. the whole thing yeah. that they've edited the timeline because we forget they checked the newspaper quickly, and they have arrived the day after they left.
0: That was really poor planning on their part, wasn't it? What if Doomsday had actually happened and they just arrived in the middle of a space where the earth used to be or it's all on fire and everything's over? Like, I I just thought it was quite funny. Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: (laughs) I'm so, so intrigued about where it's all going to go. Yeah, like they're really Um, good
0: questions, John, but we definitely don't have the answers to them. They're all all ready to be explored next season. And I love just that quick moment, effectively, when Reggie goes, oh, I knew you'd be back. Yeah, And then who's the Umbrella Academy? This is the Sparrow Academy, and points to a brand new, totally nobody knows where it's come from. So, so there's definitely a massive story behind it. Uh, off we go to credits. As and I love that the sub- subtitles reflected this. Had it. Not one character speaking of it had it written as the Umbrella Academy going, Oh shit. <laughs> so, uh, <Yeah. laughs> so it, it actually had it written as Umbrella Academy. Oh shit. So uh, well done.
1: And Ben's portrait was above the fireplace, mm-hmm. not number ones. Yes. It was
0: in the position of Luther's uh, yes. portrait. That's right. Yeah. That's right.
2: He is the number one. He is. So gentlemen, I think that wraps up our kind of wrap up of all the other main characters. So I'm going to do a quick, quick fire. What did you think, John, starting with you, what was your overall impressions? How, if you were to rate this, not that you ever rate an episode, <laughs> but if you were to rate, an, I episode,
1: am the only one that rates it? an episode. Right. Um, I, and we don't, it's, and it's, I, we don't review. We discuss is our mantra. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it's, you know, it's just to try and give an indication of, of something. It's not to say that I have any particular science around, uh, this rating, uh, format at Mm -hmm. all except for trying to find a different thing i i love this though um uh i I really i thought it was a great final episode give it four and a half yowzers out of five uh that is in acknowledgement of herb who when he jumps with dot goes yowzers oh yes
0: very good
1: (laughs) apologies listeners derek was looking confused as to why i had used that
0: Um, more confused than normal
1: But certainly, um, yeah, I I really liked it. I thought it was a great wrap-up for this season. It really brought everything together. You have a massive um, fight scene and, and war, as you say, on the farm. You have the really... Nice moment with Vanya being accepted um, by uh, the the rest of the Academy and actually helping her and not treating her like sort of something stuck to the underside of your shoe. You have uh, Leela's story being kind of uh, spun out here, um, which was really nice and that she's one of them. As I say, it'd be interesting to see if she is in the Sparrow Academy uh, in some way and um you know, you have the poignancy of Ben's funeral earlier. And, and, and for me as well, you, you still got the intrigue, what with the Sparrow Academy at the end and everything that happens there. And similarly, uh, with Harlan, uh, spinning his, his wooden bird toy in the back of the car. You say Sparrow. Um, and, uh, and, and sort of maybe what effect the handler had in her last moments with Harlan. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this was this was great. Loved it. Absolutely uh, loved it. Chris, what did you think?
2: I was so happy with this finale. Um, going into the going into this episode, I did not know what was going to happen. No idea. Could not. I was like, well, they've wrapped up the apocalypse. Where are we going with this? It's just we have to get them home. Like, why is it going to take a full hour? In theory. So going to this, getting reveals up to the final moments of this was just fantastic um it gave enough questions to pique my interest more than enough for season three um and as a finale it was just as a singular episode not looking at it as a season as a singular episode it showed so much progression for this season um so it just showed enough character growth and progression from the season over each episode that i was in love um if I was to rate it, because John um, kind of is infecting me, <laughs> I'd give it five Sparrow out of f- five Sparrows. Excellent. Um, it, it, it was that good. Or even better, five bloody handlers out of five bloody handlers. Nice. <laughs> yes. Um, so there you go. But on that bloody mess, <laughs> Derek... What did you think of this final
0: episode? I love this final episode. I love the season. Um, I, I kind of said it at the start. I I broke my my uh, my moment of uh, holding it back to the end to tell you how much I liked the episode because I loved it. Couldn't wait to talk about it. Um, they've done such a great job with the characters this season. I, I mentioned before I was listening to some of the interviews with uh, Steve Blackman about his approach to the season, and one of the things he wanted to do was say what's it like having the Umbrella Academy in the sixties. So it it's dealing with all of these people from our current time how much adversity they would face in the 60s if they were there what would Klaus do with the extra time he's given you know that's that's the kind of approach that they gave to the to this show and incorporating in the middle of that a fun um a fun tale of time travel and murder and uh, and out, outright control of the world uh, and everything else that was going on with the handler storyline but I loved how they treated individually each of the characters, getting their own storyline. Not everybody got, a, got the greatest of storylines. Luther's storyline wasn't wasn't the best through the season, of course. But uh, but I think he got a lo- enough redeeming moments, and he got some great one liners this season, which he didn't really get much of in the first season. So uh, so I think each character got some great things about their stories. And this ending, this final episode where they all come together as a family, the thing they should have done in the first season to save Vanya rather than uh, plunging the world into into doomsday the first time around. uh, I just thought it was a great tie up uh, to this final episode, a great way of tying up the two seasons. And as I say, if if they follow the dread of the comic books and end with this moment at the end of the season, I think that's a fun way to end it but I really want a season three. I can't imagine they're not going to get a season three. This is a massive breakout success for for Netflix. It's a, a big show for them. Uh, I can't imagine they're not going to do a season three, but I love that we've watched the final episode of the season and we still don't know that there is a season three. That's that's probably a better way to see yeah. I'm excited about the prospect that that's still up in the air, I suppose. <laughs> so, uh, But they're definitely going to get it. There you go. So yes, uh, love, yeah, love, love this uh, this finale. And I think that's it for all of us. All loved this uh, this oh, finale. Yeah, one more thing to do before we close out our our discussions of Umbrella Academy season two. John, let's head on over to the pub. I am dying for a drink.
1: Yes, me too. A celebratory quaff of your favorite tipple uh, to celebrate the finale episode of. Umbrella Academy, so... read
0: Sir Reggie's drinks cabinet, why not?
1: Yes, exactly. We all need a drink after that (laughs) uh, finale. Um, Yes, the Pop Pub Quiz. Uh, Here we are for episode 10. The question is, when and at what time does training resume at the Umbrella Academy after Ben's funeral?
0: Ooh, interesting.
1: So just to repeat that, when and at what time does training resume at the Umbrella Academy after Ben's funeral? Remember, send in your answer to this question and to all the other questions uh, throughout this pop pub quiz for the Umbrella Academy to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. You can also go onto our Facebook group. You can plonk it into the spoiler uh, posts on each of the episodes uh, in a comment there just go on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tv podcast industries Uh, and of course uh, we will announce the winner of the pop pub quiz in our roundup episode of this season mm-hmm. of umbrella academy season two so thanks for playing along fellow pub quizzes
0: <laughs> absolutely that's coming out in just a couple of days time so the quick you get your answer in the more chance you will we will get a chance at winning those goodies uh, definitely yeah yeah thanks so much for joining us throughout this season uh, send in any feedback to us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and make sure you stay subscribed to join us for the boys Uh, up in September as well, on tvpodcastindustries.com.
2: Yes, and if you'd like to support us, you can, of course, head on over to patreon.com slash tvpodcastindustries, where you usually get some goodies, maybe some early access. Um, We're still figuring out what additional goodies we're going to give you, um, but because The Boys is going weekly. More importantly, you can also like, share, subscribe, because writing a review sharing the podcast, or just generally listening in is sharing the love. Thank you so much for joining us. As Derek said, we'll be back in a couple of weeks for season two of The Boys, which is going to be a roller coaster of emotions, <laughs> whales getting exploded, <laughs> bad language, yeah. um dolphins. Um, or dolphins. probably some other things that we just don't want to know about or I can't say on this podcast. I cannot
0: wait for the crude violence and loveliness of the boys and the seven remember one of the other interesting things we never even once mentioned throughout this season seven members of the umbrella academy seven members of the soups so uh i thought that was an interesting touch as well so uh yes there will be more blood than you can possibly shake any forms of sticks or buckets at uh, when we get back with the boys so we thought our next show was going to be the boys It turns out we did something else instead, uh, in between now and when The Boys releases. Myself and John went over for some more horror on Lovecraft Country on HBO. We watched the first episode and we couldn't resist podcasting about it. The first episode is excellent it's available now on HBO uh, also available on uh, Sky Atlantic in Europe uh, episodes will be released every week uh, we'll be podcasting about it for all 10 episodes of the season as well so we'll actually be going concurrently with Lovecraft Country and The Boys when it comes up but it's just myself and John doing that coverage uh, we'll keep Chris back for the wonderful The Boys uh, when that comes out in September but if you haven't seen Lovecraft Country highly recommend checking it out they put the first episode actually up on uh, on YouTube for free if you live in the US uh, and otherwise you can get it on sky atlantic in europe uh, and the other hbo channels uh, on their on-demand streaming services as well if you have that available Uh, check it out and hopefully you'll join us for our coverage of lovecraft country you can get that on our main site on tv podcast industries but also over on our now horror podcast site over on dreadfulpodcast.com thanks so much for joining us we'll be talking to you
2: next time bye see you guys soon Bye.
1: thanks so much fellow academy alumni Yay. for joining us uh, it has been a pleasure speaking with you uh, we'll speak to you again soon and remember in the meantime keep watching keep listening and um, why not keep time traveling oh don't Ooh. mess with
0: the timeline because this is what happens <laughs> like exactly mess up the timeline. exactly <laughs> bye bye
2: bye brother <laughs> Woo!
1: See you in the future.